What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Happy Friday to you. We have a good one for you today. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Takeo Spikes, former Buffalo Bills Pro Bowl linebacker, and we're going to get into a variety of topics, including his time in Buffalo, his departure from the Bills, Sean McDermott, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, and a whole lot more. So very grateful to get him on this podcast, and I think you will definitely enjoy our discussion. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. I'm joined now by Takeo Spikes, a former 15-year NFL veteran, an all-pro linebacker, former Buffalo Bills Pro Bowl linebacker, and host of the Behind the Mask podcast. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Takeo. I really appreciate some of your time. Uh, no problem. No problem, Joe. How's everything going in your world? Everything's going well here. And, uh, you know, obviously we're getting excited for football. Hopefully we get it the way we hope it is. And, uh, you know, I certainly hope you're doing well. The uh, The first thing I wanted to ask you here, Takeo, you know, looking back on that run that you had with the Bills, a lot of hype coming over from Cincinnati. And uh, now that you've had some time, you're 15 years removed from playing in Buffalo. What are some of the things that stood out to you most about your time with the Bills? Uh, just the fan, the fan base. I think the fan base is the first thing that really stands out. And uh, the commitment to excellence when it comes to what the organization stands for. And I know it's, it's up on the difference leadership now with Kim and Terry P- Pegula, but the big that those are the two biggest things that I remember most. And the reason why is when you look at when I came from Cincinnati and I, I thought we I thought the leadership wasn't up to par. And uh, that was one of the things that I was searching for with the new team that I was going or uh, looking forward to spending my next uh, few years with is making sure I didn't be in the same situation that I was in when I was in Cincinnati. And so those are the two things that I remember most. Hell, to be completely honest with you, I think that's a a big part of the reason I remember playing my last game for the Bengals. And the last game was in Buffalo. And I remember walking out of the tunnel and half of the stadium was yelling my name because they knew I was going to be a free agent. So that was the start of the recruiting process for me. Well, it's certainly wound up being a, a good four-year stretch for you. And like you mentioned, the fans were definitely excited to have you. And it sounds like 
you were quite pleased with, uh, you know, kind of that transition in your career. But when you look back on it, are you are you a bit surprised that it was only a four year stretch, especially considering that you went and you went on to be a starter in the league for six seasons after that trade? Yeah, I had I had a lot of success, and I, I think it was. Look, you know, we talk about leadership, and that leadership comes in different ways. And when you look at the the lack of us not having the proper leadership in Buffalo when it came to being having a head coach, and then also, um, I think the real reason for my departure, well, of course, I tore my Achilles in the 2005 season, but I came back. Uh, I struggled that year after coming back, and but then just playing up under the defensive coordinator, Perry Fuel, and Dick Jerron was the head coach. Um, me personally, I didn't see eye to eye with Perry Fuel. And so I knew my time was limited. I, I looked at it I looked at it this way. Either he's going to be gone or I'm going to be gone. And so um, was it surprising? No, just because uh, I think we all saw the writing on the wall. Um, you know, it, it was... <laughs> when you can agree to disagree, I think that's when it was time to kind of separate ways. Takiyo, was it more how you were used in that defense, or were there some other dynamics that kind of went into some of that uh, not seeing eye to eye? Uh, I think it was just the um, not so much how I was used because I I enjoyed playing for the most part. I enjoyed I enjoyed some of the scheme because it was totally different than what I came in my first, the previous seven years of me playing in the league. Uh, but it was just, I think, the different philosophies of what he wanted in his defense as a whole overall, and then what I was used to, and I wasn't shy in just expressing how I felt. And um, he had different beliefs, and I would challenge those beliefs because I didn't believe it. And, you know, so, you know, that was the big reason why we just didn't see eye to eye on certain things. And then also when I was coming off of my injury, it was almost like the failure or the, the lack of acknowledgement, understanding and knowing that I'm still not 100 percent from a from the mental from on the mental side as well. And I think that was the thing that really bothered me more than anything, because like, man, I just came off of having two all pro years. And in the previous years when I was in Cincinnati, hell, I was the, the number one alternate every year going to the to the Pro Bowl. So, you know, so it was like I just didn't appreciate the way that a lot of stuff was handled. And with me being me, I would let you know that directly versus going to the media. I certainly uh, appreciate you being candid there. And, you know, I, I think you were part of a stretch of Bill's history that was part of this long uh, stretch where they, the team just didn't get to the playoffs. But that's changed now that Sean McDermott's taken over this football team and uh, they've made the playoffs two of the last three seasons with two different quarterbacks. And really the defense has been outstanding, a top three defense in each of the last two seasons. So Takeo, I'd love to get your impressions on Sean McDermott in the, in the direction of the football team right now. Uh, I think you said it best. You look at when he came in 2017 was his first year. They went nine and seven. But even though in 2018 they went six and ten, you look at what they were able to do on the defensive side. And it reminds me so much of when I was there 
we had a top three defense throughout my time when I was there. I remember actually the number two defense in the league consecutive years. And I remember that defense now, what I see Sean McDermott put his hands on, reminds me so much of what we went through when I was there because um, I had the opportunity to play for Sean McDermott when I was in Philly in 2007. And seeing what he was made of, seeing how he goes about his preparation, and just seeing his beliefs. And it's not what I know as a coach, it's what my players know. It's not by accident to see them having so much success. And he understands the game from a simplistic way. And I think most times we get caught up into, yes, I do believe every decision needs to be based off of a data-driven, um, um, a data-driven research base. But he un- he breaks it down to where he understands, like, at the end of the day, it's about block- blocking, tackling, and catching the football. And so then he adds his data into it in order to make his team become what it's become. And so now when you look at what recently happened in 2019, going 10-6, and six, getting their first playoff win, really thought they had the opportunity to, to advance to go to the next round. But I, I, I do believe the best is yet to be seen. And I do think going into this year, we will see a whole lot of good out of the Buffalo Bills. Now, Takeo, when uh, this interview came together, I immediately got excited about the idea of asking you about Tremaine Edmonds, the Bills' middle linebacker. And this guy's a dude, you know, 6'5", 250 pounds, 34 and a half inch arms. He runs 4'5". The guy's 22 years old. He's been a starter in the league for two seasons on a top three defense each of the last uh, two years. And, of course, a team captain at just 21 years old. How much have you had a chance to see of Tremaine Edmonds, and what are some of your impressions of uh, you know what I think is a young budding superstar? Uh, he's definitely a young budding superstar. I had my first dealings with Tremaine Edmonds is actually when he came out for the draft, and I worked with him extensively just from the on-field football work, understanding how to get in and out of breaks, how to be able to do the drills when it was time for him to go to the combine when it was time for him to have his personal workouts. And so we develop a bond and a friendship at that time. And um, I was surprised. I was like, bro, you're only 20 years old. <laughs> like you can't even go out and have a beer with me later on, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but uh, he was, um, I knew I, I too, I was drafted at 21. I came in at 21 years old, but he came in at 20 being drafted. But, Six five, close to two hundred and 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 forty pounds. When you see this guy, um, athletic freak, and he's still learning. And so when I look at what he was able to do, big plays. Of course, I expect for him to have a hundred tackles at the minimum. Just period. That's not that's a non-negotiable. But when you look at some of the other things that he contributed in, from being able to 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 run that defense by Leslie Frazier in the blitz package. Two sacks, two interceptions his first year, came back with a couple of sacks this previous year in 2019, the sack and a half, and also another interception. But I watched him play, and you can tell he's finally turning the corner, understanding what is is being presented to him before the ball is snapped, 
And now I think what we will get from Tremaine Edmonds this year is a true total understanding of not necessarily what he has to do, which he figured that out last year, but now he's understanding what everybody else is doing around him. And now the why is playing a big part in his success. So I can't wait to continue to see him just mature in his growth. Now you mentioned you had some some uh, interactions with him in the pre-draft process with training and, and spending some one on t- one time with him. Is that still something you're able to do with him? Uh, with COVID, no. You know, we still talk from time to time, but um, he's you know he's he he gets it now. He gets it, and we'll we'll hop on the phone and we'll have a conversation. But outside of that, we haven't spent any time recently training. Well, that's uh, it's encouraging to hear that uh, he's leaning on, you know, guys that have done it before in the league. And, you know, Tequil, when I watch football today compared to, you know, even when you were in the league and, and playing at a high level, it feels like it's a lot different in terms of the way that offenses are playing. You're seeing RPOs, you're seeing read options, horizontal spread, a lot of tempo and pacing and spacing stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is designed to really put these linebackers in conflict and, you know, really kind of flood them with a lot of different responsibilities. And, you know, offenses are playing off of the decisions that they make. It seems very difficult. And so do you think the importance of the second level linebackers has increased based on the way the game's being played offensively, you know, even since you were in the league? Yeah. And and I'll even tell you this, going even back to 2000, I think this trend really started going back to 2009, 2010. I remember going to the NFC West and playing San Francisco, playing in San Fran, Seattle. You look at the Rams. You know, when you look at these teams, Arizona, all of these teams were teams that are, they've been doing what the game is now collectively as a whole. They've been doing this back in and going towards the late, decade of 2010. And so that's when I saw the game started to change to where now you have to implement more of a nickelback versus than having three linebackers. So when you look at the importance of having a linebacker who can run, having a linebacker who has the ability to not only play zone, but can play man to man to be able to make sure that even though they're presenting, the offense is presenting a offensive set that says pass but they're trying to show you that in order just so that they can get the numbers in the run game so you got to have a linebacker that's flexible and when I see Tremaine Edmonds and what his athletic ability and what he brings to the table like he checks off every box now Takeo you've been a part of some really dynamic uh, pairings on the second level whether it was London Fletcher and Buffalo Patrick Willis with the 49ers and you know, the Bills are kind of facing a situation here where they've got Tremaine Edmonds, who looks to be, you know, the quarterback of the defense for a long, long time. And he's got a running mate in Matt Milano, who's a really good football player next to him, a very good matchup linebacker. And when you think about keeping these guys together, you know, the NFL's a business. It's going to be pretty expensive for Buffalo to pay both of those guys. Can you talk to the Bills fans about the importance of, you know, it, considering the dynamics of, of the league today, and we just talked about how offenses are attacking them, but having those two guys together and how, you know, that long-term foundation of those linebackers can really be a a big boost to a defense as a whole and allow the Bills to, you know, maintain this high level of defensive play. Yeah, you know, uh, Matt Milano came out of Boston College, and we all know whenever you get a a backer that comes out of Boston College, 
you know you're going to get discipline and you know you're going to get a guy who understands the game uh, from a mental aspect, understanding where he can take his chances and where he can't. But I, I think it matters. I think anytime you have guys playing together, whenever you have stability in anything that you do, and this even going back to family life, you're going to have a strong chance at not only winning at the moment, but winning long term. And I think it's important that if they're able to, to be able to keep that continuity amongst those guys like that. Because I remember times playing beside London Fletcher, also Patrick Willis, Brian Simmons. When you play beside guys like that, of the pros, it gets to a point to where you can look at each other and don't even say anything and you're still speaking the same language. And so that's the beauty of not only being in the same system for a consecutive amount of years, but it's the beauty of knowing that we can look at each other and really have a conversation without even saying a word. Now, Takeo, you've been a, a wonderful guest here on this podcast, but people have other opportunities to hear you podcast. You've got behind the mask and I caught your episode with DK Metcalf, who's one of my favorite uh, young players in the league. Can you tell the listeners about your podcast, how they can listen to it, and what they can expect? Yeah, man. Uh, Behind the Mask podcast, it was started off of my book. And my, my volume one was dedicated to linebackers that I created in 2017. The spinoff now was the Behind the Mask podcast show. And um, we're going now. We're currently in season two, getting ready to start season three when – the NFL season is going to start up and some of the, the content that we talk about, it's not just a sports show, but we talk about everything is sports driven. But some of the other conversations that we have is social issues, entertainment, health disparities, and then more than anything, just relevant topics that is going on today and also inside of the game. And so when we talk about behind the mask, behind the mask is it's pretty much you tune in to hear us when you want to hear the inside locker room talk, not the typical, well, hey, he went 15 for 25 and threw for this. That's the obvious. I want to talk about, I remember one of the one of the previous conversations my, myself and my co-host had is when we, we were talking about Drew Brees. Like, okay, well, I Drew Brees did that. How does it look inside of the locker room when he walks back in the first day of training camp what are all the black guys? What are they going to be thinking? What is that apology going to sound like when he walks inside of the locker room? Malcolm Jenkins, now that's his teammate. Malcolm Jenkins is big into fighting social justice issues. Will they be able to coexist? So these are the type of conversations and topics that we have on the Behind the Mask podcast show. And you can log on. You can subscribe to it on every platform. And we also have the visual aid. So you can check that out at the BTM Podcast on YouTube. Uh, Takio, you've, you've been a sensational guest. I do hope that all of our listeners will check out the Behind the Mask podcast. Make sure you guys are following Takio on Twitter. It's very simple. His handle is at Spikes 51 You guys know him from that number he wore with the Bills. Really appreciate your time. I wish you great success with uh, continuing with the podcast and uh, have enjoyed following your content uh, just as much as I have enjoyed watching you as a player. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it.
Big shout out again to Takiyo Spikes for giving us some of his time here and being extremely candid about so many really interesting topics to hear him talk about his experiences with Sean McDermott and Tremaine Edmonds and of course some really interesting details about his exit from the Bills and some perspective that I'd not heard before. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And make sure you check out his podcast, Behind the Mask. He's delivering you information that uh, comes from a perspective that not many people can provide. And so I've listened to it recently. I really enjoyed his episode with DK Metcalf. I hope that you will check it out as well. Whatever podcasting medium that you're listening to this on, you can also find Behind the Mask. Looking forward to getting back to our Tackling the Tough Questions series on Monday. We're going to do the defensive line group, so make sure you send in your items. Whatever's on your mind when it comes to the Bills defensive line, send it in. You can hit me up on email, joe at thedraftnetwork.com. You can send me a tweet at the Joe Marino. Send me a direct message. Just make sure you get it in. Whatever those tough questions are or things that are weighing on your mind for this season about the Bills defensive line, make sure that you get those items in, and we're going to tackle them on Monday. And I uh, hope you had a great week. I hope you enjoyed this week on the podcast. It was one of my favorite uh, weeks, to be honest with you, and uh, doing so much of this preview type stuff and hitting it from the angles that you want to hear, but also you know, kind of closing things out with an outstanding interview from Takeo Spikes. And so I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I, uh, I did delivering it. I do always kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate and review. If you like what's going on here, a five-star rating and a a few sentences about the podcast in the review is very, very helpful. And uh, if you've enjoyed consuming this podcast and you enjoyed this this interview with Tequila Spikes, I I would love for you guys to share it and and let people know uh, about uh, the podcast and and give them the chance to to hear Tequila Spikes speak as well. So that's going to do it for us today. I hope you have a great weekend. Look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.